Welcome to season seven of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience, talking marketing, business, and branding with the brightest of minds as our guests. Lots of learning and laughing. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 139 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing. The show is brought to you by Powers of Marketing, focusing on strategic content creation, key for today's show, including podcast and event production, hosting, and emceeing. I also want to say I'm dedicating this show to my mom. She got her wings eight years ago today, so... but. She would want me to rock my obligation and power through and do a really good show, which we're going to do today, along with my co-host, Jen Cole. Hi, Jen. Well, hello, Megan. How are things going your way today? Not bad. For the audio listeners, I'm wearing my pink San Francisco 49ers hat. We had a pretty epic game on Sunday um, against the Eagles, little redemption. <laughs> so between that and then my mom, I wanted to like wear rock the Niners um, and then also wear a little pink. But I'm really excited for our show today. Me too. Really, really excited. I mean, she's been on our wish list for like <laughs> a really long time. Yeah. But, but it's not like she wouldn't have come on. You know, sometimes you just forget to ask. <laughs> yeah. So that must be a lesson. If you don't ask, <laughs> you don't get. Welcome to the stage, Peg Fitzpatrick. Yay! Hey, Yay! I can't believe I was on your wish list. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For a long while now. So I want to welcome everyone. If you're watching live, if you're watching the replay or listening on the podcast, thank you for being with us. And if you have any questions for Peg as we go, we will, of course, um, bring them up. But also, um, we'll keep an eye on the replays later to see if anybody has anything that they want to ask our pro about how to make your content stand out. All right. But first, I'm going to read Peg's bio. So Peg Fitzpatrick is a prominent figure in social media marketing and an OG award-winning blogger renowned for her innovative strategies and role as the first head of social strategy for Canva. We love Canva. She co-authored the acclaimed book, The Art of Social Media, and has another insightful publication on the horizon. Known for her dynamic presentations, Peg has captivated audiences at leading industry events like Inbound, Alt Summit, and Social Media Marketing World, sharing her expertise in shaping the future of social media and visual marketing. All about the visuals these days, right? Although we're <laughs> I want the little words. text over me like on TikTok that says, awkwardly listens to bio of <laughs> it tries to be like <laughs> always like awkward when you're like my bio at least I appreciate oh hi Sandra Sandra I would know that you would love the red lipstick she is the lipstick queen do you guys know Sandra no oh she's the best you have to follow her on YouTube and okay. on Instagram she is amazing she really is amazing she was a um, fine artist and now in her retirement from fine art she is a beauty influencer and she does 
So oh. her videos are amazing. I love her. She's actually like a friend in real life. And I met her at a conference a million years ago. Gosh, it was probably almost <laughs> 10 years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It was one of the blogging blogger. That's what it was. Blogger. She won a voices award for writing. So anyway, Sandra's amazing. <laughs> amazing. She says, thank you. All right. I love it. And I don't do a ton to, oh, she says 2013. Yeah. So 10 years. Wow, um, my YouTube following yeah. is, it is very small. Cause I am honest, haven't been done. I haven't done a, like a ton to try to drop you. But for this one, I was like, you know what? I'm in the link I'm going to share is the YouTube instead of the LinkedIn and just kind of see. And I ended up with a couple of new followers. And I know it's because of Peg. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? It's the, the YouTube link um, shares nicely places too. You know, yeah. like it, it, it plays when you're live. So yeah, it's always sure. hard to decide what link to share, what link to share. <laughs> I know, I know, hmm. for reals. All right, Jen, want to kick us off? You bet. All right. So we're all about having content stand out today. And you're already doing a beautiful job of standing out with that lovely red lipstick, which is going to look great in our images. <laughs> in a digital landscape flooded with content, we know how loud it is out there. What strategies do you find most effective for making marketing content stand out and capturing audience attention, keeping audience attention as well, especially in competitive markets? Wow. Let me just rattle off really quick answer. <laughs> That's a big one. It is important. I mean, it's been important since day one, but things keep changing. I think the one thing in social media and marketing is that it constantly changes. I think what we see now a lot more than ever before is people just reproducing the same exact thing, especially in TikTok, as I already mentioned, like it's popular there to have a trend and then copy the trend and do the same exact thing to the point where like preteens have intonations from people on TikTok, like they've repeated like ticks and things. And so I think with a 2024 word of the year authenticity, I think the most important thing is that your brand is unique. Don't copy any, if that is in one way, not a new thing, because it's always been important to be unique and original. But I think now more than ever, it counts. It really counts because people can mass produce things in a snap these days. It's so easy to make some, I can say crappy, right? That's not a bad word. Yeah, <laughs> to sure. make like really crappy stuff and just copy people's things. I just saw a thread where this one girl, she's I don't even know who it is behind the account, but it's a girl on the front of it. She copies really popular threads and then just uses the exact text. I just graduated from college, blah, blah, blah. Like she, I just did this, like things that there's no way she did all these things, Wow! but she copies it, the emojis and everything. And people have called her out on it a lot. And I was following her because you have no idea, like, that she's doing that or, or whoever's behind the count. And then it's just bizarre that, and then people use that as a strategy. And LinkedIn is another place where it just went crazy. Hi, LinkedIn, if you're watching, it went, <laughs> it went crazy with a certain formatted post with these newer influencers and they took over how the way LinkedIn was running. And they were making these like text only posts, kind of posts that were kind of long. They had a lot of spaces in them and they were like, we're writing, we're writing every day. And this is like, I get the social that. media posts are writing. It is writing, but it's not 
writing. <laughs> it's a social media caption, social media description. It's not the same thing as it's hard. You know, the shorter they are to make them better, it's even harder. But I don't know. And then LinkedIn came out and said, no, these are the things that we don't want to see anymore. We don't want to just see a selfie with blah, blah, blah. We don't want to see, you know, like they caught on to like all the, it wasn't authentic. Everybody doesn't do exactly the same thing. So if it's working for somebody, that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You can get inspiration around from places, but being unique is the most important thing. So now more than ever, more than a decade into how long we've all been doing this, I mean, you just have to like be original and be creative. A great example for you, Canva. Canva, you know, forever they had their turquoise logo with white. And then they recently like relaunched into this like rainbowy kind of Canva logo, which yeah. is really cool. It's not really rainbow. It's just like turquoise to maybe like Ombre. purplish. Yeah. But yeah. It's, like, it's beautiful. And I just saw that they did a little like 12 days. They're only on day three or something like that. They did these special social media posts. Um, they're really well-branded and really well done. They're doing it like a present and it was like reintroducing the big things that they launched, like the, the yeah. magic, like all those things. Their posts are really great. So if you go look at them, they've just from the little baby brand that they were when I started working for them, <laughs> when honestly, no one knew who they were when I was using them originally, it was a hundred percent my secret weapon that I told no one about. And I, cause I did not, I could never learn Photoshop. I have learned some of it, but now I don't even bother to use it. So I was using Canva. Canva saw that I was using it on guys' accounts and they contacted him. So behind the scenes of Canva, they were always well-branded because that was part of what they did. It started out like I ran the blog, I did the social media, I did the engagement, I did the community management. I did, <laughs> like, I did, I did a million things. And like to see where they are now from that, it's like this growth, like they just had their 10 year anniversary. So, I mean, it's been a long, it's been like eight years since I started with them, but it's crazy. So even as a personal brand or a small business, you can have the evolution and start somewhere. You start with a good brand that's authentic and you come up with, you really need to be tight on all the aspects of your brand. It's not, people get confused about a brand just being a color. You right. know, like my blog color is pink and I do like pink, but like just wearing pink doesn't, that's not my brand. Like I'm not a person who every time you see me, I'm going to be like, I have pink glasses and pink everything. And you'll know it's me because it's pink. I do like pink and I will wear pink because then I take photos and they look good if I put them on my website, that kind of thing. But that's really not what my brand is. There's a lot more to it. There's the fonts. There's the, you know, the style of photos that I use. There's all different kinds of pieces that go together. So you need to look at like the bigger part of what makes you authentic. And it's not just a selfie in a format of text that everybody else is using. The originality for that. And you have to test those things a lot. Graphics, of course, are really really, really popular. But on my Facebook page, my professional Facebook page, people like text only posts a lot. I tested, I do like a daily mantra on there and people like love them. If I don't do them, people be like, oh my gosh, like they, they know I didn't do one. And I tested them with images and they didn't do as well. They just like, that's what they like. They like a daily mantra. They like the same for it. So I do it because that's what people like. So it's kind of just, it's testing it. Like if you look at other accounts or what they say to do, like it 
it would probably say, do graphics, create a fancy video or, you know, I don't know, dance to it, which is something that I never do, but <laughs> dance your daily mantra, do an interpretive da- dance of a daily mantra. <laughs> I mean, it could uh, go viral. <laughs> yeah, it would be funny. Dance, no, not going to do that. That's one of those mm-hmm. things where it's like the, it just reminds you of those videos that you've all seen where it's like, but, but like the pointing ones with the text and the, mm-hmm. you still see them and they were popular and maybe they still are popular depending on what you're doing. But I question those things. I mean, yeah, I was wondering recently, I saw someone doing it and I thought, I feel like she should not be doing this now with how long, you know, plus I get kind of tired of like waiting to see the (laughs) in the eight seconds the three seconds the six seconds yeah i I get it yeah i know it's just just a tactic to make you up yeah sandra adores canva yeah same and Mm -hmm. i and the thing about canva too is because you were mentioning originality and i was like oh part of what canva does though is like have some people using the same formats where you're like oh that's totally canva so i actually what i love about it is that it gives me a starting point And then I can tweak it and move every element that's in that template. I can move it around and make it my own. And definitely. um, And then you can do things like instead of just using a Canva template that's already in there. Number one, you can use AI to create a template for you right now in Canva, which is crazy. They're not 100% there with that one yet. It's still they're still working on that one. But I like to go to creative market sometimes and just get templates in there, which are not Canva templates, but they're not the same ones that everybody else would be using but it's a template that you can put into Canva and then just always have your brand kit set up and then you can just change all the stuff in it. So yeah, Yeah. you can use them as a starting off point for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or or you can just start from scratch, which is, Mm -hmm. that's hard. It's so hard for me because I'm not a designer. So today I needed to make a, you know, I'm working on holiday stuff for clients. And so I had to make a happy holidays graphic with the brand colors. I'm like, ah. So I wrote in to the magic AI bar. I was like, use this brand kit to make a happy holiday post. And sure enough, I ended up having to go in and tweak a few things, of course. But I was like, it's a little bit mind blowing. So much overthinking, so mind blowing. And I it got me out of like paralyzation and just creation. It was like, here we go. Thinking is huge with designs and not even overthinking, but you can just get stuck. You just like get in there and then you start making things and you're like, oh, look at that other template. Oh, I could change this. And yeah, you know. Yeah, that's where it was creating your own templates. Even if you just create all your own, like you make something from scratch, use your brand kit, just make a couple. Like you don't really, I mean, for a client for like holiday things and stuff like that is one thing, but you know, you can make templates yourself and just reuse them and change the photos and the things in them. I mean, time saving and it keeps you on brand. Yes. How do you think we make every single graphic for this show? Yeah. (laughs) Background. And if you're watching the video, the background and all of our show images and stuff. So I love that you mentioned writing because that's actually my question is when it comes to written content, uh, people might have like straight away a little bit of the importance of still like being a good writer or being, I don't know what the the key things are to whether it's short form or long form writing. So uh, can you help our listeners maybe talk through some, what are some key elements or techniques that you think marketers should focus on to, to see that they're written pieces stand out or resonate with their, their target audience. We know visuals are important, but as Mm -hmm. you mentioned, so so is the writing. So, right. So I like to use Grammarly. I don't know if you guys use that, but I like to use it, especially for the tone of voice. So Grammarly is an app 
and also his desktop, all that kind of stuff. And it number one corrects your grammar, which is important. Sometimes you can have a spelling error or an apostrophe error, or God forbid you forget the Oxford comma. You know, if any of those small things, number one, if you have a mistake, it'll be the best post you've ever done because everyone will tell you that you made a mistake on it, which <laughs> is kind of funny if it's your personal account, but not funny yeah. at all when it's a customer account. Right. <laughs> then you're like, oh my God, I have to delete and re-add, which then you've killed your whatever. I mean, that's like, or the really worst is if you have a typo on your Canva graphic, oh, what's oh, that's the worst. Have you ever done that? Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're watching or listening, that. comment and say, yes, I have done that before. And if you haven't, you're lying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. no, my worst, um, my so. worst defense is, is posting to a wrong account. Like posting um, something personal yeah. on a client account or vice versa. Yeah. It's oh yeah, yeah, I've done that before too. Yeah. All right, we've all done it. It's been decades yeah. of. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, we're human. Um, <laughs> so yeah, writing is so important. I like to use Grammarly for like I just like to get you know how things are in there to look at it before I post it. I mean, I'm not going to do that for every single short post, but if you have Grammarly and then you have the Chrome extension, it corrects everywhere, even in like composer boxes on different things. So I do like to use that just to make sure things are as correct as they can be, even though, you know, when you do it, there's always a mistake and you have to go fix it. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. a thing. Thank God we can edit everywhere yeah. except, for, except for that place, but only yeah. sometimes you can. So I like to use Grammarly. I do use ChatGBT like everybody else in the free world and probably not free world. You know, it's a great starting off point for things. I think you need to not rely on it for everything, which is probably not what everybody does now. But I like to use it for things like I've created a very intricate brand voice for myself and for customers that I use. So it's not just a matter of going in and it's definitely not Google. So you get, I mean, you have to use it very smartly and strategically. I know you guys just had Dustin Stout on. I do love to use his tool. Also, Mad, Magi. Magi, yeah. 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 I, I'm like, am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah. So Magi is a great tool for creating your brand kit in there and getting your voice right. But you still have to tweak things because it's not going to be perfect. I like to take a longer piece of writing and put it in and say, this is a great you know, style of writing for blah, blah, blah. Another thing is if you have a post that did really, really well, save the format of it, your own post, like, and maybe that's like a secret formula for you. When I was on Google Plus, one of the first posts that I ever had that went viral had like this one format. And then I just did everything like that forever. And one of the things that I missed the most there is that you could actually format your post with like bold and italics. I really wish like threads, please add that. Um, It was so great because you could make it the thing stand out. And so the way you format the text, even when you write great things is really important. The hook always used to be at the bottom. And now putting the hook up front is sometimes really helpful. So play around with those things. One thing that I like to do is to keep in Agora Pulse or in Smarter Cure, wherever you're like answering your questions. In Agora Pulse, I created a little like library of responses for things. Yeah. So because you don't want to just say thank you on every single one. Like sometimes people just say, thanks for posting that. And then every single time you're coming up with a response that doesn't sound exactly the same, but you know, you want to respond, you don't want to. So you can just create a little library for yourselves of things that are really on brand. Just try to like make your life easier that way. Do you guys do that? Yeah, I've done that. I've done that for clients and myself before. 
Yeah. It it's saves great. time Thank and it keeps, yes. yeah, it's, and it helps like stay on brand. It's a little yeah. bit less writing that you have to do, you know, just look through and um, it does make a big difference. So I try to like get some things saved to make things easier for responding where I can. And then for longer things, I do like to do it in Grammarly. Sometimes I do get ideas and stuff though from, from chat GBT. I have the pro version, probably everybody has the pro version, but you can save stuff. And then they added in those new like little brand voices, are they called? I forgot what they called those little things. What do they call those things that they put in? Oh gosh. Um, is it personas? It's something like a persona. It's something like that. But they have little like things that you can create like that. So if you're going to use it, make sure that you take the time to like build the things and you can use it for a starting off point and to check things. And like I said, if you have like certain posts that does really well, you could like use that format and say, using this format, please, my notes app has all that kind of stuff, like formatting that's worked <laughs> well. Like I wish I didn't use notes so much, but I do. I so much too. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so basic, but it works really well. And it syncs between your computer and your phone mm-hmm. when you're yeah. like going back and forth. So notes app, I also use Trello, but not for the notion, but for that like text kind of things, I just always have them in Grammarly or the notes app, because if you have them in too many places, you forget where it is too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how do you, let's take one step further back yeah. and deciding what kind of content mm-hmm. to post, like whether it's written or visual or both, like I'm still at almost this camp everything has everything has writing, right? And yeah. almost everything has. I mean, it depends on where you're posting. Pinterest, you 100% can't post without an image. Instagram, regular posts can't post without an image or a video. So even though you need those, the text is still really important. Mm-hmm. And the text, whether it's just the text or a text on a graphic or a video, is really important because of the keywords and it's what helps it be found in search. So the text, while you're being all smart, savvy, with a hook, with a call to action, like it has to have keywords too, like just to make our lives more complicated. So I think going back to the beginning of that is like coming up with in your brand, what are the things that you want to be known for? When people, when people are going to search into Google, what do you want them to find for you? Like, are you Canva? Do you want, then you're using do-it-yourself design. You're using, you know, visual marketing. You're using, I don't know, design app. Like just say those are your three things, which by the way, they still use the first two all the time. And those are things that I came up up with when I was there. Like it was like, that was the challenge at the time was because everybody knows Canva now. And it seems like, well, of course, everybody knows Canva now. But at the time, the, the thing was, how do we get people to start using graphics and for things? They didn't have video yet. How do you start getting to people to want to use something all the time when they haven't had to. So that was the challenge as a marketer. Like, how did I get people to want to do that? And no matter what your product or service is, it's the same thing. So you're starting with that. Like, what is the thing? What do you want people to like for my blog? Like, what do I want them to go there for? And you can't have 20 things because it's too many. It's usually like, you know, three at the very, very most. And then you're just really driving in on that. So if you're going back to your writing, you're thinking, you know, you're going way back to the beginning because I am a blogger from way back and I blog on the client's blog too, because they're still important. You know, what is it that you want? How are you going to help people? Because Google wants you to be helpful to people and their helpful content update. You know, how are you going to help your customers? What are they going to find from 
from you. So you're answering those questions and that's kind of the content that you're creating. It's your frequently asked questions. It's what you think people might need to know or want to know what will help them use your product or service. So I always think about those things to inform like what I'm going to create. Sometimes you're just creating something that's lighter content. If you're near the holidays, you know, you're just going to have a holiday post or something, you know, those kind of things, you know, or you're just like, you can't just have a hardcore like buyer product post all the time. You sometimes have just more helpful or lighter content. So it's a balance between all of those things. But the most important thing is like, how are you going to help your customers? So they're going to buy from you. I think, well, definitely Jay Bear said it, but I was trying to think of his exact quote is create marketing that's so good that people would pay for it. I believe it's his exact quote, quote, because you want stuff that's so helpful that people are just going to go back to it again and again. They're going to save it. They're going to share it. They're going to, you know, do all of that stuff with it. Because those are the other things you have to think about besides just what you're writing, what you're creating is like, how are you going to create engaging content that people are going to comment and share and like the things that give us nightmares. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, awesome insight. Um, thanks to Sandra too. I'm focusing on what I was going to ask and listening to Peg that I missed a couple of her. <laughs> Um, of our recent comments. So thanks so much, Sandra, for that. Or I think Jen has the next. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about video. And, Mm -hmm. you know, over the the, the last um, several, several years, it's become more and more and more popular. But not every video has the same perform like formula for success. So can you share, you know, some ideas on creating compelling video content that not only engages viewers, but also kind of like what we were just talking about, but also converts them into customers? Right. I think that is what the converting to customers is where doing a video with your face in it is important, depending on who you are. Even if you're a local small business, you know, we all remember the local commercials where it's like the car dealership (laughs) guy or the furniture store where it's like the kids of the furniture (laughs) store. And they're like, hi, our dad wants you to come in and try our latest Chevy truck. And they're just like a thing that you see and you're laughing, but you guys have them too, right? Oh, sure. I think everybody, every market has those and they connect with you. Like you remember the people you remember that the kids were on or that the owners were on. It does connect you personally. And I think that's where video and people are afraid to be on video. That's a hundred percent a thing that people still don't like being in front of the camera or they're not great with it. So video is important. Are we talking about mostly for small businesses or for individuals? Why don't we niche it down and say for small businesses? For <laughs> Okay. Because for, cool, I like small businesses. Yeah. So, so say you're a local small business owner. You're like a local florist. And, you know, you want to figure out how you can use videos. I mean, gosh, if you were a florist, you would have constant great stuff to do photos and videos and stuff of, but still people would want to see it. So imagine how much more you could sell. You could just share great photos because you have great, you could take great photos of flowers and that would be one thing, but you could also do like show your whole layout of flowers and just do a live of like some of the best things I've seen have been from floral accounts because they're so beautiful. There's this one photo, there was a Dahlia farm, I think, and they did like a rainbow of flowers that filled a whole entire truck bed. I mean, it was like the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen at sunset. It was like, wow, that's great content. (laughs) Like if you have that, wow, use it. So video, you could show, you know, you're showing your flowers, you're showing like what's coming up, holidays that are coming up, things that you could do. There's just so many ways that you can create things to show what is going on. Like Rent the Runway, they do great videos because they show their outfits, they get trendy and they show outfits. I saw they were doing some cute ones. Like if you want to dress like 
Taylor Swift at Beyonce's movie premiere. We have this, 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 this. They showed all the things. So they're a great account to look at for like ideas. That's one of the things that's fun to do with trends in a video is to take something that's trendy. Like you like football. Every single girl in America right now, except for you, Megan, because you already know all about it. Everyone else (laughs) is learning about football because they're all Swifties. So I've seen so many brands do great content around that. So just think about like what's out there and what's trending. Like you wouldn't really think Rent the Runway. I mean, they're fashion, so they're showing fashion things, but it was very clever that they did that. The videos are really popular, but then in the comments, it's not helping them as much, but they've been showing like how they get stains out and how they do some of their dry cleaning process. But they don't do that for people outside of the, like they do that for their clothes. And people are like, tell us how to get the stains out at home. But that's not what they do. And the girl, and definitely the social media people don't know how to do that. But the people love seeing it. They're like, we got the stain out. So they're like giving people more of it because they like it. You know, sometimes you have that aspect of when you're a brand, they want to see the same thing from you. And sometimes you just have to kind of go with it if that's what people like and do different spins on it. So the the trending things, I mean, another great one, McDonald's. I don't know if you guys remember in the summer, they came out with that like Grimace shake. Did you remember that? Yeah, seeing that yeah. one? And then it totally flipped and like people went viral on TikTok talking about what they were doing with their Grimace shake. And it totally <laughs> took on a life of its own. That was one of the, the ones where like, you can't make the viral happen. It just happens. Or the, oh, or yeah. the ocean spray cranberry drink when the guy oh, was my like, gosh. he made Fleetwood Mac go viral on TikTok and all the kids were like, what's Fleetwood Mac? And he's just <laughs> drinking, he's like drinking cranberry juice, like skateboarding, which who could do that? I have no idea, but I don't know. That guy cranberry sold <laughs> out all over the place. You don't, you should never number one with video. Don't ever say, how can we go viral? Because you can't ever plan to go viral. You just try to make good content and hope that it does well. Trending topics and trending sounds can help a lot. And if you're going to use them, I encourage you, number one, if you're a business, you have to have a commercial business account. So make sure that you are doing that and you're not using sounds that you can't use commercially. Uh, If you're selling anything or making anything that you're selling services or whatever, you do need to have a business account for things. But that being said, you can do trends, but just don't copy all the things, make it fit your brand, like make it fit your thing somehow. I just did a bunch today. I used some trends, but then I did them all as a spin of like, I'm an author or social media professional. You know, like I, I put my lens on it, if you will. Yeah. Super smart. Yeah. So the TikTok thing is funny because of things that go viral. I have a friend who works for a company that makes Halloween costumes. Hmm. And I asked her, I said, what's the, we figured Barbie was going to be the number one. And she said, no, it was the screen costume. Oh, really? Yeah, because I I was like, why? She said there was, it went viral on TikTok. Like everyone was posting things with it. So that's what they got the most requests for, which I found like super... TikTok's driving a lot of things right now. Book sales are another thing. And I just saw an article like, is BookTok, you know, the new fast fashion because it's making people buy more books, which is good in a lot of ways, but they're not always good books. I don't know if you've ever been burned by a book talk suggestion, but I have. (laughs) You follow the trend and you're like, that book was not even good. 
Cool. Yeah. Well, actually, so that's a, that's a great transition. I want to talk a little bit more about short-term video and, and algorithms because actually mm-hmm. you know, I did stumble upon recently a lot of negativity about TikTok changing their algorithm and how like mm-hmm. it used to be the best algorithm, right? And everyone's trying to chase the algorithms to get the best performance. So short-form video continues to emerge more and more with, you know, like YouTube now having shorts and all of the, the kind of the, that thing. How can marketers leverage these format, communicate their brand message well and and then connect with a broader audience and then I guess as part of that you know keeping up with an algorithm is very challenging but like mm-hmm. what do you what do you suggest um crying vulnerability (laughs) the reality is you can never keep up with an algorithm because they're constantly changing it they're constantly changing it i still think that you have to focus on making the best content you can reaching your you know who you want to reach like do especially as a marketer you're not gonna it's not the same as just trying to chase an algorithm. It's not that easy. Number one, you'll always lose if you're spending all of your time doing that. We all know way back in the beginning of Facebook, when you had a thousand likes and fans on your page, they saw every single thing you did. Every single yeah. thing. There was a hundred percent reach all the right. time. Right. <laughs> and then Instagram, <laughs> that has switched over. And Instagram was amazing. Instagram was so great. Everybody saw your stuff. Now we're back to we're at zero again, back to you know, zero reach organically on a lot of stuff. I mean, it's good if you can get two percent engagement on something. Like really, like it's a hard, it's hard to get it. And also it makes you want to cry. Like for real, it makes yeah. you want to cry. So I think the main things are to not think about the algorithm so much and to still focus on how you can create good branded video that reaches your goals. I think the reaching your goals is more important than the algorithms. And you have to kind of work them together to create great videos. Sandra, for example, she does long YouTube videos, but she also breaks them up into shorts and she shares little pieces of them. So she'll have a bigger, longer YouTube video and she'll share things on Instagram stories and she'll have a shorter Instagram reel. So I think part of it is not necessarily thinking about the algorithm, but like how can you use your content in the smartest way? And that is to repurpose it as much as you can in a different way, not exactly the same exact thing, but you have the horizontal video and then you can edit it to you know, CapCut is amazing if you're not using it. That's mm-hmm. that's where I like to edit my um, CapCut. CapCut, okay. CapCut. It's an app that I've been using for a long time, but now apparently everybody uses it. And they do have a desktop version. It's really easy to edit and there's music in there and all kinds of things. It's really easy to use on your phone, even to just cut and change. So, and then, you know, when you're creating your one big thing, you think about, you know, putting it other places. I think that one of the main things is to make sure that you're sharing things the way that they like to be shared on the other places. So Mm -hmm. YouTube shorts, obviously you're just making the vertical videos. So then you just think about it a little bit when you're posting each one, like what is the best way to repurpose this? Is this going to work here? Is this not going to work here? The interesting, (laughs) Sandra said, you think it's easy. (laughs) I think it's easy what you do, Sandra. It's amazing. (laughs) She's teasing me because I help her do stuff sometimes like on the back ends of things. She really is amazing. It isn't easy being good at just being good on camera is hard. Coming up with a great video idea is hard. 
hard. So none of the video, nothing about video is easy. Editing isn't easy, but it's easier than it used to be. It like yeah. CapCut is like an easier, you know, it's like a Canva kind of version. It's not like I'm blanking out on like the big ones this professional video editors do at Cap. And that was it pro. What is that called? Oh, gosh, it's like an Adobe product. Premiere. Just oh, talking Premier, about that this morning. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. I think it's Premiere. <laughs> now they have Rush, which Adobe Rush, I do like, you can edit from horizontal to video in there, which is vertical, I mean. Yeah. So anyway, going back to like our main premise of this, I think the main thing is to not worry about algorithms to the point you don't ever try to think you're going to go viral, but just try to make the best content. If you're making content for the holidays and you're a beauty blogger, think about the things that are going to be, you know, helpful for people. How to apply red lipstick so it stays on. Like you're just thinking of something like what is helpful? Holiday hair ideas. You know, how to use your holiday bows like in five different ways. Like you see all these different things and there's a reason that some of these formulas work and they're a product thing. One of the things on TikTok is you see products sell out all the time because they go viral and it's like how to do things like how to learn like learning and doing things you see the things sell out more than I never saw that on Instagram yeah you know, where products would I think the thing that's still there with TikTok is if it's popular and it gets more popular people that a lot more people that don't follow you see it which is one of the ways that their algorithm is still good this time of year in particular though and I did see a couple of things about it at the beginning of both before Black Friday is just like Black Friday till after, like till January, there's a lot more advertising money being spent. So if you're not spending money to, for ads, your stuff is just going to be seen less. And that's hard for small businesses or people that aren't spending money on ads. The other thing is, you know, we don't own any of these platforms. We're like borrowing the audiences there. We're the product because we're creating the content. So it's a tough life we have here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think the main thing is if you're going to make video, make sure that it is entertaining, informative, shares your products and sticks to your goals. Like every video doesn't have to reach all those things, but in some way it is like, if you're just creating a video and it's like you doing something, is that going to help your brand? Like, you know, is it just that people, is it just brand awareness? That's cool because that is also a thing. Sometimes it is just lighter content and sometimes you're selling a product. But right. every everyone isn't just like any other marketing post. It's not always going to be just selling your product. Yeah. So it's it's good to get inspiration on video, ideas for video. But sometimes I just like to watch the train wreck things. Too. Do you guys like to do that? <laughs> oh, and how? And yeah, they get did, in the comments. <laughs> did you follow Clancy's Auto Shop? No, I didn't follow uh, that one. <laughs> okay. So Clancy's Auto Shop. Here's a quick video story. So this is literally an auto shop. And the guy that they hired to do his marketing, their marketing really was not a marketer. He was somebody that came in and was like, I can make you go viral and tick up and blah, blah, blah. Well, he did. He used a trending audio and trending like one of those little cutout things that was a meme. Oh yeah. The Maxwell, the cat meme in the brand stuff. And it had nothing at all to do with Clancy's auto shop. And then all anybody came back was they just wanted to see the cat. The cat doesn't work there. It has nothing to do with their brand. And they finally, they had quite a few like truly viral posts. And then Google reviews were being swamped. And the owner was just like, what the 
heck did you do? <laughs> that person isn't there anymore. And then a new person started. Their first one they started out was like, help me out. My boss hired me and blah, blah, blah. And everybody thought it was like some 19 year old kid. And it was like this older, it was, it was just <laughs> funny. So they did get viral views, but it did not help their brand. Their Google reviews funny. got swamped. Maybe people came in to get their auto body work, but I mean, either you need auto body work in Florida or you don't. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That makes a good point. (laughs) Checking up all those goals that right, uh, but also didn't follow the rules because they used commercial stuff that they didn't have permission. Oh Oh, yeah, sound yeah yeah, and and the meme. So (laughs) there was quite a few things in there that didn't work. They did get millions of views though. I I would love a case study on that. Like let's circle back. I actually wrote about it in my book because I thought it was hysterical, and then I still go back and I talk it. Because I just want to know, is that guy still there? What's going on? Update. Did this help them? Because it is interesting. Like, did just using a trend that has nothing to do with your business. In my head, I'm like, that's not going to help them. And then it didn't. So think about that for your business. Is the video that you're making, you know, is it just entertaining? Are you jumping on a meme trend that has nothing to do with your business? That's not going to help your business in the long run. No. Right. Well, I had clients who were like, yeah, let's go. Don't we, should we be on TikTok? I'm like, no. What's your why? Yeah. (laughs) It it doesn't reach to end goals. Just being on there is not a thing unless it doesn't, you know, participate in what you're trying to accomplish. So, and I just wanted to acknowledge Pat, Pat um, Helmers is another podcaster friend. And he, he said, that's a lot of things to take off. Yeah. Of course we're talking pie in the sky here. We're we're talking best practices (laughs) and if you can get everything working, but I think it's worth saying to Peg, right. That did just start. Right. Right. I mean, best practices you have, but video is hard. I mean, video is hard. Like that's just the bottom line of it. It's not easy. Just like a client saying, Hey, should we be on TikTok? And you're like, no, like, what would you be posting all the time? What's the goal? What's the plan? You know, it's really hard to make a really good eight second video, by the way. (laughs) It really is. Well, and I think that like to use everything that we've been talking about today, it all comes back to like what we just said, what's your why? And then of course, mm-hmm. storytelling. Like that's mm-hmm. what we're always talking about is storytelling. We're writing scripts, we're storyboarding things. It's very emphasized in marketing. So mm-hmm. how can brands utilize storytelling across various content formats like video and then take that to like something like Facebook or even digital and use all of that to create a more memorable and impactful connection with their audience. I think, you know, having that good origin story, you know, where did your brand start? What was the, you know, it's different for small businesses. A lot of times it's the the owner's passion, which is one of the things that I love about small businesses. Somebody started the bakery downtown because they love cooking. They love baking. They love, you know, or they have a little antique store because it's something that they love. And this is, you know, they lovingly collect all the things and get all the things. And so sometimes the storytelling is like the start of it. Startups also, same thing, their origin story is a lot of it. So really nailing down like, you know, how you got started, what your story is, and, you know, how does that reach people and how does that help them connect with you? I think it helps a lot having that story. And then, you know, you're translating it in different ways. Maybe one day you're sharing, you know, like for the brand that I work with, they started the same 
year that Oreo cookies did. So I use that as a like, we started because that's like, it's a long time, you know, it's over a hundred years, you know, yeah. like I use a lot of those things. So sometimes it's a matter of like t- saying the same little thing, like our company started on this date and blah, blah, blah. And then expanding it into different ideas that maybe tie in, you know, like you could even do a Taylor Swift eras, like depending <laughs> on your brand, you know, like depending yeah. on your brand, even eras would be a really great thing to make up your own eras for a brand. Like that would be really <laughs> relatable if you had an audience that was in that demographic to, you know, say these are our whatever eras, you know, I see a lot of book, I follow a lot of book things. And some of the big book companies post really great things about like they fit in the trends with like, if you like this, you'll like this, you know, think about ways like that today. You did? Was it? Yeah, was it, like it was on penguin? TikTok. Yeah, it was a book, and it, but it was relating to your Taylor Swift eras, and it was on TikTok. I was like, oh my gosh! Right, yeah. I know it's, it's like really taking, taking that thing and putting it in. So think yeah. about get your origin story down, and then think about how you can translate that into different ways. There's so many different ways to do it. I just I'm like spinning on the Taylor Swift thing because it's so popular right now. In the summer, yeah. it was all Barbie, 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 Barbie was hysterical. Hi Barbie, <laughs> yeah. you know Barbie everything Hammer. in there was like amazing. And then you know we're in the Taylor Swift the eras and the football and the like so parts of it I just think are hysterical like that you know <laughs> good job Taylor's boyfriend I think is hysterical <laughs> and, and the men are so like incensed by that that it so makes funny. it even funnier that they're like he's been in the Super Bowl and we're like but you're Taylor's boyfriend you know yeah. <laughs> it's just funny even fandoms are a gr- another great example of like how they create their own content and they create their own any artist would kill to have a following like any of these big you know you can't create that kind of really great marketing, but we can hope for it, right? There's right. not that many True brands man. that have it. Some do. I mean, gosh, probably like, I don't know. What brands do you guys follow? Well, for someone I acknowledge, um, Giovanna, thank you. She said, love nice, these suggestions. Giovanna. Thank you so much for being here. Well, I would be remiss. I have to say it because she's not going to say it, but Jen Cole is a hardcore Kansas City Chiefs fan. So, Ooh. and she's also a Swifty. So Ooh. the emergency. delighted. <laughs> You're in your Kansas City Chiefs era. Oh my gosh. That's wild. <laughs> this it is, is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Have you tried to go to a game? Because you know she's going to be there. Uh, no, we've gone to games in the past. Like we usually go to games, but this, you know, this year all the budget goes to wedding. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe she'll come. Maybe in, next you know. year. <laughs> but wait, isn't there a tie-in? Can't we like get the Swifties to like rally, rally, <laughs> get you a little something? Game. Be a fun little, there was people yeah. that got married at, at um, her concert. I don't know. Her, yeah, people was. getting proposed to, like Crazy. during Love Story. Like it was an actual well, trend, and people were actually doing it though and meaning it. It's been wild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good year to be a Kansas City fan. Yeah, although uh, not last week, week. not so not much this week. week. <laughs> A little aggravating. Do you, do you listen to their podcast? <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, the podcast. It's so good. They're so oh, good together. So good. I want to Swifty at it. I just want, I want all the times when Jason is like, okay, tell us about, he he always makes him say all the Swifty stuff. It cracks me up. Yeah. It cracks me up. I love it time. though. I love yeah. it though. Yeah. But like, is a brand like, I don't know, look at the NFL, for example. They've made themselves fools over some of the hardcore fans are not happy about it. No, but they've, they've gotten annoyed. But they've gotten millions of new followers for it. 
the Kelsey know. Jersey yeah. thing, it's funny. I, I haven't looked at an update for it, but that first week after his jersey sales went up 400% or something. Yeah. Right. So, That's bananas. Oh, guaranteed their podcast is crushing it. And it's because all the Swifties yeah. are listening. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even they put out that Christmas song the other day, Travis this and Jason so Kelsey. Good. Holy cow. That's already one of my favorite songs before this happened. Mm-hmm. Ah, this is like my favorite <laughs> year ever, 2023. It is. What a good year for you. <laughs> yeah, it's All your things coming together. <laughs> yeah. It's like you manifested it. Yes. I love it. But as right, a so, brand, you can tie into those things. Like you just have to do it in the right way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We could talk to you all day, but we want to be respectful of your time and of our listeners' time. So we have just one final question we like to ask all of our guests. We have changed it this year. I know you would have loved to contribute to the book question too, but <laughs> we are now asking about a business challenge. One business challenge you've experienced in your career and how you overcame it or, or what did you learn from it that might help our listeners? I think one business challenge I had as a marketer, and it was one of the things that was like a huge goal was to be a speaker. When I first, like first, first started out, that was like one of the things was like, you know, a lot of people I looked up to were speakers and it was like, you want to get there to be speakers. And so I did work my way up to that level, you know, where you got asked to go to places, but a lot of the marketing conferences don't pay for your travel or don't pay for you to speak. So FYI, it costs you money to go and do this. And like my second book that I'm coming out with, one of the publishers was like, how many conferences, how many marketing conferences are you going to speak at to help sell your book? And I'm like thinking to myself, that's like what, $2,500 a conference, you know, when you you have like travel and time and all that stuff. And so sometimes it's a challenge because you think that you want to do what everybody else is doing, but sometimes you just have to make the smarter for um, choice for yourself. And that was like, I don't say yes to a lot of those because of that, because it's so expensive right. and the time yeah. away from my family. I live in New Hampshire. It's not that close to the airport. Like all these things like tie in and, and I did it for a lot of years and I loved it. But now I'm like at a point where like, does that really serve me to, you know, I, I did a couple events this year, but it was not like marketing conferences. There one was in Punta Cana. So I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was yeah. so it's like, you just have to decide what works for you and not worry about other things or what it looks like everybody else is doing. Like, are you successful if you didn't speak here or there? Or, you know, do you have to speak at that same event every year? Because you don't. Yeah. I think that people lose sight of the fact that, especially as marketers, that actually you might get more business by going to conferences that are not marketer conferences because at marketer conferences, while you're helping them, they're not going to hire you because you're in competition with them, quote unquote, right? So, (laughs) I mean, not you know what I mean? But like attending, if you can become a marketing voice in, you know, the software industry or in like whatever space, then there's, you know, you might get more business from it that way or more sales group or whatnot. So it is just something you have to think about, you know, just because someone, everybody else, it looks like everybody else is doing X. Number one, it doesn't mean they're making money doing it. That's another thing in marketing. And sometimes you do things that don't make you a lot of money for a reason. Like, did you want to go to that place or will your friends be there or, you know, depends. So Yeah. yeah, but it was, it's kind of like a thought process you have to work through. Right. Like same with, do you have to be on every social platform? That's another, you know, like those kind of things. What works for you? Does TikTok not work for you? Then don't do it. 
Right. Yeah. What's going to be the best return? And to your point from earlier, testing um, is an important part of that and not mm-hmm. feeling like just because you got onto that, that you you have to stay there. And I would always tell clients, like, you don't have to be everywhere, but you do have to do a good job of where you are. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to abandon Facebook, then take your account down because then it just looks like you're just not doing Right. There are even with as many people say as they don't like Facebook anymore. So many people are still spending their time there. Like I'm really it's so interesting to me how many people like that I went to high school with and family and stuff that are still quite active in there. And I, you know, I'll go away for a while and come back and I'm like, oh. I'm going to sneeze. What did I miss? Sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> you're supposed to look into a light or look away from the light. I can't remember like, uh, if, if you I want to let the sneeze or not. Okay. God, I looked at my light. We can't thank you enough for being with us. And I think the moral of the story with, uh, the, with the three of us is that we'll have to have you back. Um, <laughs> for sure. For especially sure. when your book comes out. Do you have Taylor's an idea? <laughs> I know that you, right? You just, I think you recently changed publishers. Do you have an, uh, a published estimate? It's like September of next year. It's so okay. Oh, it'll be here before you know it. Oh, sure. <laughs> but obviously you have a ton to share yeah. and we loved having you on. So I appreciate it. It was really great talking to you guys. <laughs> Likewise. Thanks so much, Peg. And thanks, Jen, as always. Always. And thank you, Megan. You're an amazing host. (laughs) Thanks, love. All right, friends. This has been episode 139 of the Making a Marketer podcast. And we will catch you next time.